In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chats, help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd. It is an election day, which feels weird to say without an absolute, like, sick feeling in my belly. Maybe I should have it, but it's a little lighter than last time. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's off-year election day is always interesting, isn't it? We don't know where to watch. What to, I mean, we have an election here in New York City, so we're at least involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no idea which way. Yeah, very competitive elections here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, we had we had our big voting in what April or June? When was it? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, it's our, like the like, primaries race. are always a big deal here, and then it's like the Democrat is yeah. going to win. So. Yeah, well, even in Boston, mm-hmm. it's a general election, but it's two Democrats, which is cool. Boston, I'm excited about Boston because oh, no matter that's where, funny. I didn't. Yeah, no matter re- I actually Boston thought it was goes. a primary. Nope, nope. There was like a primary, and they like. I guess that it sort of is like a, a ranked and they both came out on top. So either way, after today, Boston will have its first not Irish, not Italian man mayor for the first time in about 100 years. <laughs> wow. Congrats to Boston. <laughs> yeah, they're both wicked smart. Good for Boston. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys going to be watching anything closely? Elise, I know you're, you're concerned for hometown gal well, VA. obviously I have... My eyes on Virginia. I sent out my text to all my home friends, making sure they will be voting for Terry McAuliffe. All of them said that they were. So based on my poll, he's getting 100% of the vote. (laughs) (laughs) Informal Lisa Rowley straw poll. (laughs) In a poll that I conducted based on my contacts, He's he's winning. I'm nervous for this one, guys. I'm I'm nervous. I've been getting nervous as it's come closer. You, you know, Virginia's only elected a governor that was not that was the same party as the president once in the last 45 years, but that person was Terry McAuliffe. So Okay, okay, okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, we know Terry can do it, but can he do it again? He can do it. He can, he do, can it. do it. Oh, and he will I do wonder, it. he will do it. That's looking like he's going to pull out on top. But either way, it's going to be close, which um, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. It's probably going to be close. Our new mayor will likely be Eric Adams tomorrow. We will debrief on everything when we have the results. Um, Elise, you have been elected to do some comedy shows. <laughs> I have. The, <laughs> the voters have spoken and I am doing shows. Uh, so I've got a couple little plugs to insert in this episode. This 
Saturday, uh, the 6th of November at 8 p.m. at Eris in Williamsburg. My wonderful husband and I are hosting our new comedy show, Just Married, with all comedians who are also married. And we're going to like show pictures of our wedding and play fun wedding-related games. Uh, everyone should come to that. Tickets are $15. Also, my show, The Roast of Your Teenage Self, is back as a live show, finally. I'm so excited. It'll be back uh, November 14th at 7 p.m. at Stand Up New York and November 27th at 7 30 p.m at union hall everyone should come to all those things and all of the tickets are just 15 dollars. yeah such Yay. a good way to and the, the ticket links are in my bio you go to my bio on instagram i've got one of those link tree things all the ticket links are in there perfect do you have any live booked yet for your uh oh. for your roast do i have any book uh, guests book yeah yet? you know what i will tell you this is an exclusive <gasps> i haven't announced who's booked on the roast yet what a we have and I'm going to be booking more people, but so far we have the wonderful Kelly Bachman. She's a hilarious Ooh, stand-up yeah. who, okay, you guys might know her because she literally did a comedy show that Harvey Weinstein showed up at, and then she oh, yelled yes. at him. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's also very funny that. outside of the time she yelled at Harvey Weinstein, but she did yell at Harvey Weinstein, and that's awesome. Number two, as our special guest on the roast, uh, and these are both for the show on the 14th, as our special guest, we have uh, Sarah Natacheni, who is the voice of Ash Ketchum on Pokemon. And she's going to be playing games with me, and we're going to talk about all how, what sort of teenager becomes the voice of Ash Ketchum on Pokemon? Ash Ketchum. That's what I just said. Ash Ketchum. Ketchum. That's a good, like, hybrid Halloween costume. I'm Ash Ketchum. I'm Ash Ketchum, and you're like... Yeah, you you're, like you're just, you, you get ass. your ass out. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like your ass has to be out as ass ketchup, but also you're collecting ass. Absolutely, yeah. ass yeah. ketchup. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, that w- that and more will be <laughs> on display at the show. <laughs> and of course, I expect most people there will be vaccinated, even if I don't All know if you them. have a big like NYPD contingent, but the cops got vaccinated, so they um, can come. to enter the venue, you have to be vaccinated. So Beautiful. the guest. I didn't even think to mention it because I know all of our sub listeners, unless they have like a doctor's note saying that they're immunocompromised and can't for real legitimate reasons. I know that show they us are. that doctor's note. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to see it. But um, you must be vaccinated to listen to this podcast, or somebody who uh, still um, likes us despite us constantly clowning on unvaccinated <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I want to hear the other side. Um, but no, all of those shows are vax only. So you will have to be vaccinated to attend. Yes. Speaking of vaccination in New York City. So I want to start with some COVID headlines that are going around this week, especially in New York City. So Friday was the deadline for New York City workers, municipal workers to get fully vaccinated in order to keep their jobs. So they would have to come to they can't come to work Monday. They could not come to work yesterday if they were unvaccinated. So top headline here before we go into some of these clowns who are still not vaccinated is that an overwhelming majority of city workers did get jabbed. This mandate really worked. It was one of the strongest in the country. And about 9,000 of the city's 368,000 workers are still unvaccinated. That's like about six. No, it's it's less than 6%. It's a very small percentage. There had been warnings across the country, really, but also in New York City that thousands of police officers would just walk off the job, abandon their post, The city would dissolve into chaos and lawless ruin as soon as this mandate went into effect. And um, that didn't happen. 34 NYPD officers are currently on paid leave for failing to comply. Only 34 of 35 
thousand. I was hoping for more, you know. More unvaxxed cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more people not getting unpaid leave. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I just, it's very interesting to see their failure to comply. If only they complied with the law, they would be able to go forward unharmed. <laughs> like, it's just so interesting to see these cops who literally laugh like a year ago when we were marching for racial justice we're trying to say all this stuff about how you should just obey the law and be fine and now they're refusing to comply with the law and being big babies about it big big babies i mean both the police commissioner and mayor de blasio said that these specific police absences had quote literally no effect on service at this point which just feels like kind of like a, ja- a dagger for like unbacks like imagine like not showing up to work and being really defiant about it and being like we literally didn't notice yeah. Like, it's fine. Because <laughs> that's the big thing about quitting your job, like, in a huff like that, right? Is that you're like, you'll never replace me. And then the mm-hmm. boss is like, we didn't even notice you didn't come in today. Yeah. I mean, there are just 34 office NYPD officers just doing nothing all around. <laughs> like, just remove yeah. one of the gaggles. You're fine. I was just hoping that, like, like I said, like, like they would realize that, like, oh, maybe we don't need this many police officers in New <laughs> right? York City. Like, you know, it's like, that was the that was the result. That's so funny. Like, if it had been more, and then you could say, like, literally nothing has changed. Well, excellent. Yeah. Defund- the police defunded themselves. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. 
Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So now let's look to the fire department where things are a little bit different. And I'm sort of confused as to why, but so 2,300 New York City firefighters called in sick yesterday morning. That's uh, when the, the mandate went into effect. This looked to be a coordinated protest of the vaccine mandate. Now, apparently, normally 800 to 1,000 fire department employees call in sick on any given day. There's just so, so many of them. Uh, but this is still a huge, this is, then then you want to say, okay, 1,300 extra. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's That's a coordinated effort. So on this, the FDNY commissioner said, quote, once the members come to their senses and stop using medical leave improperly, they can help out not only the citizens of the city, but their brothers and sisters who are staffing these units. So really reserving some some frustration with them. And the same commissioners, commissioner said that he thought maybe some people were calling in sick because of vaccine side effects. I don't know. Unions for for these professions, they have generally opposed the mandates and they've said at the very least that these firefighters should have had more time to decide whether to get vaxxed, to file medical or religious exemptions, or decide they'd rather just retire than get vaccinated. I don't have the date on me now when this was announced, this mandate, but they had time. They had time. Yeah, and the vaccine's been out since the beginning of the year. So my Pfizer vaccine is like Barely, barely yeah, elderly, <laughs> elderly yeah. vaccine at this point. Um, so yeah, it's like they they don't. It's not a time issue. These are people who don't want to get vaccinated, and they don't like being told to get vaccinated, and they weren't gonna like it or like being told it if it happened a month from now or a month before now. Like it was always. It's interesting that it's the firefighters. Why do we think that is? That's so unusual. I mean, it's such a large, I don't know. I mean, to me also, it just doesn't, this is a profession where you run into fire. You're, you risk your life. You, you're, <laughs> yeah. Like if you're going to do risk assessment, if risk assessment is important to you in your life and like avoiding death and being strategic about that, I think you should get a different job. Like you are much yeah. more likely to die just fighting a fire than getting this vaccine, which you will that not is, die. That is such a funny point. Yeah, it is way more dangerous to run headfirst into a fire than it is to get the vaccine. I, I, my only thing is like they don't interact with as many people as police officers. So maybe that's, you know, like the difference there because police officers obviously interact with people Hopefully, firefighters don't have to interact with too many people in burning buildings. Yeah. But don't firefighters show up for, like, lots of... Aren't, aren't they the one that that come when your, like, cat is in a tree? Yes, but I supposedly. mean, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. I'm just disappointed. I've always, like, felt... A, an, had an affinity for firefighters, you know? I'm... Especially in New York, like, I'm like, oh, 9-11. Um, exactly. That's why I feel weird. Like, I, I feel... I feel weird, like, being annoyed with these firefighters but it just doesn't mm-hmm. track to me it's like you risk your life in a lot of different ways uh maybe i was thinking too right i had the same thought maybe they're just not interfacing with as many people like if i were a cop in the city it's like you're talking to so many people a lot of people who don't have good access to health care might have sicknesses that are not just covid like i would get vaccinated with yeah. everything if i were yeah but Cops on the subway like barely even wear masks no. and then get mad it's... when people ask them to wear masks and will like arrest you if you ask them to wear masks. Do you know them dragging that guy out for that asking you yeah. to wear a mask? mask. <laughs> like... At least we know they were probably vaccinated. The subway is disgusting without COVID. Like I would love, to, I I wish I wore a mask every time I was on the subway before I even experienced this pandemic. You the know? mask isn't going away for me on the subway. No. Like no, the never. subway, but. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, I don't, it's, 
It's a bummer that it's the firefighters that are holding out the most, but maybe part of it is that they're like, don't tell us what to do. We run into fire. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, there are like lots of like profession identity groups have like intersected you might not expect. So maybe there is there is something there. And I'm sure they are frustrated with being pushed about this. Like, how dare you? How dare you tell us what to do when we like save your lives? But it's just yeah. a shot. I, I wonder when... Like, I feel like we're a couple weeks or maybe months away from the time where it's like every vaccine mandate has fully been in effect. Like, who is still unvaccinated and what are they doing? Because I've asked people like on Instagram, do you guys know people that uh, had to get vaccinated eventually to keep their job? And they're like, I know people that quit their job. What are people going to do for money if they don't get vaccinated? Well, they're not going anywhere either, so they're yeah. not spending. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they've, got a lot of, they've got a lot of time to figure it out um, at home, <laughs> where they're yeah. the only place that they're allowed. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do feel like the more vaccine mandates go into effect, the more stringent they become, it is going to become a smaller and smaller group who are just really committed to the political aspect of not getting vaccinated. I think that there is a section of people who have a serious aversion to being told what to do, who eventually will get vaccinated because they just want to put up a, they want to seem like a free thinker first. Contrarians. Yeah, exactly. Like they want to be like, well, no, like once it gets like too hard, they'll be like, okay, finally, I thought about it. I took all my time. It's like me with TikTok. Me getting (laughs) on TikTok. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know who I am have less patience for people who are unvaccinated or people who still don't know what a bones day is. <laughs> Neither are acceptable. It is late 2021, people. It is yeah, late we're all 20, on TikTok 2021. Now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I know I'm going to be extra careful with my in my kitchen and with my flammable devices. I mean, the mayor yeah. said, like, this is so far not impacting firehouses, but this is a lot of people. And if these 1,300 people, or maybe more, if, you know, it wasn't just another 1,000 people calling in sick because that's what happens on Mondays, like, this is going to affect their ability to extract people from burning buildings. And yeah. Well, I like, I hope that's, yeah, and I hope that's not, like, the reason why people will get vaccinated is that something terrible happens and there's not enough firefighters to respond and a firefighter gets injured or a person or something and i because you know once that happens then you know that that i feel like that shouldn't have to happen but like that could be the reason people would actually be like swayed to do something like get vaccinated before that happens totally like in the when we're talking about this in 20 years and our kids are like when did you get vaccinated it's like i'm glad i'm going to be able to say the instant it was available to me, mm-hmm. this was the death toll. Not like, well, actually, I got it eight months later when hundreds of thousands of more people died and I watched my buddy burn, like, get COVID and die next to me. Like, <laughs> that's not the answer. Yeah. You want to just be like, I got it when I got it. It was there. So I got yeah. it. Which reminds me, I need, I need to get my, I'm going to get my flu shot on my way to vote. It's going to be the most productive. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. That's a Excellent. good idea. I need to get my flu oh, shot. Wow. I'm going at like four. So a, I'll do both. A, a blue check liberal day. Uh, be like us everybody get your flu shot get your jab all at once so yeah we'll be watching that and i'm curious i didn't get a chance to look at if like in other locations and cities there was quite a disparity between like police and firefighters but that's interesting if i find more information about that or why that specific issue seems to be happening we'll definitely share 
Next today, we're talking about SB8 again. I cannot believe that this law has just been like in effect. Abortion is casually illegal in Texas and has been since September 1st. Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. months now. Wild. And this like bounty hunter aspect of the law, which is, you know, the craziest, so, like so insane and so disturbing. Like that's in effect. Right. I mean, there's definitely people like active. There are definitely people that don't have jobs. Maybe that can't go back to their job because they didn't get vaccinated who are just Mm -hmm. sort of like sitting in their cars looking for people to sue. So where is the Supreme Court with this now? There's a lot happening with abortion in the Supreme Court for the rest of the year. The Supreme Court has twice now opted not to block the Texas law while litigation moves forward. So yesterday they heard arguments. They weren't weighing the constitutionality of the Texas abortion ban yesterday. Instead, they were considering whether the Biden administration and or Texas abortion providers have the right to sue at all. Because as we know, this is because the Texas law was designed to be really difficult to challenge by making it impossible to sue government officials who are usually in charge of implementing laws in question. So instead, providers are trying to like get it so that clerks or judges or somebody can't. It's very complex and specific, and that's what Texas wanted. So six of the nine justices seems very barred by this law, the fact that it circumvents legal challenges. The three liberals obviously disgusted that Texas is depriving people of their constitutional right to an abortion. And three of the conservatives, Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and John Roberts, they were also pretty clearly disturbed in kind of a different way that a state could try to avoid the Supreme Court's authority in order to deprive anybody of any constitutional right. For instance, Justice Brett Kavanaugh wondered aloud what's stopping somebody in California, for instance, from suing somebody with an AR-15 rifle for a million dollars if this law can move forward with no challenges. Who's, huh. who's stopping Good that? idea. Yeah, Good exactly. idea. <laughs> Thanks, thousand. Just hike it up. Interesting, and, yeah. That, that, um, that, like, <laughs> that money part, like the quantity... Uh, was an interesting framing for me personally. Like John Roberts, who remember earlier this year, the chief justice said he would have blocked the law. He referred to the Texas penalty as a bounty, which uh, is a good sign because he acknowledges that it's a huge, it's really problematic. And he seemed really unconvinced that abortion providers need to be sued before they challenge the law because yes, the Texas law is $10,000, but it's indistinguishable legally from a law that was like a million dollars. So he's like, you're not going to tell me that an abortion provider has to risk paying a million dollars before we can we can hear this. So yeah. And then obviously Alito, Gorsuch and Thomas, they were all like, we whatever, let the state do whatever they want. States rights, states rights, states rights. So we were really watching those six uh, pretty, pretty closely. Finally, let's listen to Justice Elena Kagan, who was really fun to listen to. She stated really plainly that just because some, quote, geniuses, she said sarcastically, came up with this workaround should obviously not mean that the Supreme Court just throws up their hands. Let's listen. And if this court is going to stand by its General point- Stone, I think what Justice Breyer is suggesting is that the entire point of this law, its purpose and its effect, is to find the chink in the armor of ex parte young. That ex parte young set out a basic principle of how our government is supposed to work and how people can seek review of unconstitutional state laws. And the fact that after all these many years, some geniuses came up with a way to evade the commands of that decision as well as the command that the broader, even the even broader principle that states are not to nullify federal constitutional rights. And to say, oh, we've never seen this before, so we can't do anything about it. Um, I, I guess I just don't understand the argument. 
I feel like I understood the bookends there. <laughs> yeah. Like, the beginning. A couple Latin words in there that I don't uh, I really know. Young is just the part where, like, normally you sue, um, like, the government official involved because that's not here. But as I said, she just stated really plainly, like, this can't exist. Like, if you if, if states are allowed to do this, then we're irrelevant. Why are you even asking us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was this really good article in Slate that was it was called something along the lines of how the architects of the Texas abortion ban overplayed their hand. And because they wrote the law in such a way that it basically negates the purpose of the Supreme Court, they now have to ask the Supreme Court to strip itself of its own like power and it seems like there are at least three justices on the court, conservative or no, who are not willing to do that. So it's it's interesting. It doesn't get us out of the woods by any means, but it would be terrible if they said that we couldn't even challenge. Right. Well, it's possible that the way they're going to respond is actually only we can ban abortion. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, And we will. We yeah, will. We will. We will. But we just want to make sure you know that it's only us that can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we do not want to delegate this power. We want to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. They want to yeah, do and the the Coney Barrett's like, like, I want to do less work. <laughs> yes. Amy Coney Barrett's like, I've been waiting my whole freaking life for this. And you're not just going to yeah. do it. I'm <laughs> like, if anyone's banning abortion, it's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That is like literally polar opposite, like RBG energy. I, I know. <laughs> oh, to- yeah. And then meanwhile, like Alito, Gorsuch, and Thomas are like, whatever. You go ahead and ban yeah. it. And we don't have to. I want to go home. <laughs> I've it's had like, this job I, It just makes, it just always like, every time I think about the Supreme Court, it just makes me like go back to the whole, where are we talking about like balancing the court? Like, I, like what what's yeah. going on there? I but I guess we, we, we so I don't know. I feel like and something so devastating things, has yeah. to happen. Like maybe so we'll see if something devastating does happen. The next time that the that the court, the Supreme Court is going to talk about abortion is December 1st. So for months now, abortion rights advocates have been warning not to give SCOTUS too much credit or any credit on this Texas ban if they do let it continue moving through. And again, like if, if the Supreme Court tomorrow was like, yeah, okay, fine. They're not saying the law is blocked. They're saying this can move forward. It's fine for abortion providers to sue. But they could also then say, actually, and now we do feel it is appropriate to block the law having heard about it. That can happen, to my knowledge, any time. Like, I think I thought that that a lot of time these Supreme Court, big Supreme Court cases, the decisions come out in like early June, but it doesn't have to. They could do this whenever they want. But obviously they have like a lot to do and don't seem to feel much urgency here. They're also going to hear an abortion ban from Mississippi in December. This bans abortion after 15 weeks, so way before viability outside the womb and you know way before existing precedent allows. So it wants to change the precedent. Mississippi doesn't just want SCOTUS to decide if its law violates that existing precedent, but it wants them to overturn Roe v. Wade, saying that it was wrongly decided and people don't actually have a constitutional right to decide what to do with their bodies. So if SCOTUS overturns Roe, Texas doesn't need SB 8. It can just ban and criminalize abortion the old-fashioned way. It can just ban it and start throwing people in prison. And like we said, if Amy, if Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh want to ban abortion, if that's what they were put on the court to do, they can just wait until December to do it. And it's a lot easier. It's a lot smoother. It's a lot neater for them. So I'm a little bit more nervous about that one. But at the same time, like you can get there aren't a lot of places to get an abortion in Mississippi today, but there's more than Texas. Yeah. It's not a good outlook. 
It's not no. a good outlook. <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> need more need more liberal justices on that court. Yeah. I mean if this were to if this were to go in a direction where where in June the Supreme Court says, yes, Roe was wrongly decided. Yeah, I, and then, I mean, but look at it this way. That's going to be June 2022. I don't want this to happen. June 2022 is just a couple months before November 2022. So, like, mm-hmm. the anger, the anger yeah. that would drive people. I would need every person in Congress that is a Democrat and has a D next to their name to tell me they're going to pack that court. And then I will vote for all of them. Well, and it's also the flip side, too, is, like, conservatives, you know, they will feel less motivated on that on that flip side, because like oh they've already they've already banned abortion, I don't need to be motivated because it is such a it is such a motivated main motivator for that 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 base. Arguably, you would that's one of the reasons politicians are so vocal about banning abortion because it's they know it it will turn out their base. So it's just like if they're actually able to ban it, like what does that do for that motivation on the flip side of it too? And I feel like for Democrats, it only motivates us when it's like very acute. I mean, Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh confirmation was what? Like, oh, a mere weeks or something before the midterms, right? Wasn't it 2018? I mean, Democrats seem to only get really incensed about it when it's like very present and something is, is happening right now. But you're right, Brian, conservatives, like they build entire... They choose candidates based on this. Like mm-hmm. the Federal Society has been doing this for a long time to try to get this done. And uh, yeah, it's frustrating when you see so many things like it just parallels to me the conversations about like paid family leave. It's just like it's so easy for these male dominated institutions to just put things on the back burner and think it's it's fine. Women will deal with this. They always seem to find a way. It's like we're tired. We're oppressed. Please help. Yes. <laughs> That is our show for today. We will be back tomorrow with updates on the election and we'll be sharing updates tonight all across social. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Byron Smith. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.